This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junk Air Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my very good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Stiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? It's going pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. Can't complain too much. It's been awesome. cold the last couple days, which I enjoy, but now it's starting to get humid again, and I'm getting angry. <laughs> so, uh. unnecessarily so. Old man weather shit. I was going to say that is like the most old man weather thing I've heard yeah. in a while, and it didn't come from me. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. I just I don't like living in a climate when the when the temperature just goes slightly up but the humidity is already high so you don't sweat, you don't cool off, you don't do anything, you just stick. You stick yep. to everything. Like I for the longest there... time, like my dad walked around like our house in his fucking underwear. I was used to that. I had one of those dads. And I'm like, I'm never going to fucking do that. I am now just walking around my fucking apartment in my underwear and I'm like, I get it. I understand it. <laughs> I don't care if the windows are open. That's that's on them. I, that's not something I need to worry about. I'm hot. I, um. I I totally get it. I went through that, but when I started having kids, that had to stop. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. like oh, you know, when they get to the certain age, we're like, oh, they're aware of things. Okay, I gotta start. You know, I was never I walking mean, around naked or anything weird, but I was like, eh, I just started the conversation with. I grew up with a dad who walked around in his underwear, so it's just like I knew since I was a kid. <laughs> it's just that's like that's true, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Some people, well, that's all right, you know. It didn't, it didn't do anything to emotionally stunt you or anything, right? No, my dad has a hairy like chest and back, so I always throw like the Velcro like balls at him sometimes, and they stick right to him. And it, it was like always a scratch a good, game. It was always a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> my dad has a very good sense of humor, so <laughs> maybe he was crying right. inside. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Well, um. I do want to give a brief update before we jump into the movie tonight because it's something we've talked about on the show before in our little pre-review banter session. Um, I finally saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Finally. Oh, nice. It was very good. Yeah. It was very good. Um, yeah. I was I was surprised by what didn't happen in the ending, so that was good. We all were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I need to rewatch it again because it seemed like a lot of stuff happened real quick at the end. With yeah. all the different characters. And so I think I need to go back because yeah. I was getting a little tired because it was late. But I did watch it, did enjoy it. Yeah, that's a gut punch. Yes, it is. Kind of. It is. Know, but third act. It's a very, very well done movie. I don't know. It's like, a good from, trilogy. From all aspects. It's, yeah. It is. All three of those really are are great. And, and it's funny, I, I was just editing a show that we're, we're, we're way behind, so I was just editing a show like six shows back now, so who knows when people are going to hear this one, <laughs> but we were talking about Marvel movies, and I think I mentioned I mentioned that Guardians have always kind of been my favorite of, of that group, and Same. that movie solidif- solidified that, yeah. definitely. So. Same. Well, I would, I, and I made the good. argument that this is like one of the best trilogies movie wise not just like a marvel thing like it it it's it's beyond marvel 
Like, it I was think a creator if you, who was allowed to do his own shit. I, I think if you watch the three of them as the three of them and don't branch out to the other Marvel films that they're connected to, which is something I think I personally forget when I'm watching a Marvel film because as I was seeing them as they all came out in theaters when I was still seeing them all in theaters, um, it was always, how does this connect? I'm always looking for the connections when yeah. I also need to just enjoy it for what it is. And yet mm-hmm. these three films as a standalone trilogy, it's excellent. Probably better than as parts of the bigger it is saga. You know? It is, yeah. So, you still yeah, need I... to have um, Infinity War and Endgame because they still continue it there's parts are, are still like marvel yeah i mean sorry not marvel there's G- events Ga- in, in those stories. movies that are relevant to the guardians movies yeah. so uh for better or worse i will um, say this is now i think the marvel films have now for me at least gotten to a point where they're starting to feel like the comics because yeah. they're they're interconnected but in, they've, they're not so linear anymore they're branching out further where and this is something I've, I've always given the, the DCEU films credit for, is it felt more lived in. It wasn't as tight of a connection, yeah. and I kind of liked that. It felt more like a comic book. When you watched the David Ayer Suicide Squad, it felt very different, but there are threads connecting it, even the, though it wasn't a great the film. The biggest thing know. that they I think they did there that, that seems a little bit more like comic books is they allowed, allowed the idea that things were going on that you weren't seeing. Yeah. Like yeah. there was entire things going on, you know, elsewhere, and you just got like a snippet of it, and that was fine. That's all they were yeah. going to do. Um, right. Marvel kind of tried to, you know, have you witness every event in the entire universe. Well, once for a while there, yeah. once so, they so. had a streaming service, and they needed to fill that with content. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, they yeah. they started branching things said, out, and I think it's helped in, I, a way, I was, in that aspect. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring this up, but since we kind of got on the topic, I, I watched the Flash movie finally. Oh, yeah? Uh, that we were... Okay. Yeah, the three of us were kind of waiting. And, and you know, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of agree with, like, everything I read about it, and that's kind of, like, it's it's a pre- it's pretty middle of the road. There there's some glaring things that I disliked about it, but there was also a lot of things I did enjoy about it, yeah. so I... I don't. I like the things that I disliked about it were like lazy, poor production decisions. Yeah. more than yeah. anything. Like it wasn't really about the yeah. The, I the fucking babies, I in, man. I liked the story. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I liked the story and the tone. I felt yeah, those yeah. were really good for the Flash. Um, I liked how it tied in some of the Snyder stuff, but it b- brightened it a little bit. Um. I thought performances were good. I was really impressed with Ezra Miller playing these two very different versions of Barry Allen. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Um, Supergirl was awesome. Yeah. You know? I really yeah. hope she comes back. And, and little, little underutilized. Underutilized, sure. As polluted of a movie as it yeah. was, yeah. Keaton was good, but not... I don't know. It didn't... It wasn't like the second it, coming. It was good, it, you know, but... It was a multiverse movie, so I know we're, we're not like... we. we we can't like say for certain that this is the same Batman. This is right. the same Bruce Wayne that yeah. was in the you know Batman and Batman Returns. And well, um, they even described it itself. And that's the like only the spaghetti yeah, yeah. lines are crossed. Which I liked that. I liked that a lot. I liked through. that scene. Yeah. Right. So I I'm not gonna get too hung up on the fact that just like whoever wrote the movie, like it just seemed like it, it did not seem like the same character. I mean, even from Michael Keaton was fine in it. He's always good and stuff. Yeah. Like he, he 
yeah, it was fun, and it was fun to see him play the character again. Um, yeah, he it just like Bruce Wayne when a, they introduce him looks like a guy who like definitely is a regular at the Jimmy Buffett's, the local Jimmy Buffett's yeah. restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> it, it also doesn't help that I've seen Michael Keaton since Batman. I've seen Michael Keaton in two superior superhero films. Yep. And that would yeah. be Birdman and Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. Right. So seeing him back as Batman, it's like... Well, what about Morbius? Well, he wasn't really... Okay. Well, <laughs> I, he was in that, wasn't I just the only reason I forgot he was in. I that. get a little annoyed with it just because I feel like we were probably robbed of a better old man Batman movie with Michael Keaton because of this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, that's the way things go. So. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Okay. I forgot he was in Morbius. I would even say the remake of RoboCop was more impressive. Well, I, I put it on par. It's on par with the Flash. I did like the remake of RoboCop. If you haven't seen it, it's actually pretty good <laughs> i never did i kind of I avoided it but yeah, yeah. I, yeah. we just rewatched the uh so. original recently which is something we haven't done on the show that i would rewatch that movie again yeah, to review it on the I show i can't believe we haven't done that one honestly yeah. that should probably be on the yeah, we gotta robocop fill out the schedule anyway oh, i was so. gonna say yeah robocop <laughs> 2 you gotta you gotta do both because they you really know, i thought you guys or... already reviewed it because <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh i no, was gonna bring up totally fucking did no of doing another forgotten franchise show with a shorter-ish franchise, and maybe that's the one we should go for. But that'd be good. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Except, except I don't want to have to watch the television show. But it's a, yeah, or the animated that's series. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. There was one. <laughs> yeah, of course, there's one of those. Yeah. You guys, uh, Robocop's for watch kids. anything else that that needs mentioning before we dive in here? Or? Um, I'm keeping up. The show that we're watching right now is on HBO, though. Righteous Gemstones. Which is oh yeah yeah absolutely hilarious and the the cameos in it are great so I recommend it if if you like movies that or shows um, that make fun of mega churches. And I know I mentioned it to you guys on like our text chat, but um, uh, my wife and I just finished the uh, caught up with I should say the show FX's show The Bear, which is yes. just absolutely incredible. I have um, to get started. My on that. Probably my favorite thing I've seen in a long time, and I can't even yeah. like put my finger on exactly why, but it's it's just yeah yeah. And I read how good it was, but you know I tend to kind of you, you get into stuff like that, and your expectations are, and this one exceeded them. Yeah, so it, it, was it just like, it's also a good binge one. Like you can, it's very easy to sit down and watch an entire yeah. season in an afternoon if you've got the time. A drama with half an hour episodes was an interesting way to go, yeah. and I think it totally works for that show. I, I will uh, warn people that if you're if you get anxious easily, this is going to be it, a ride. <laughs> it, it is. It, 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 it had a couple episodes that were honestly kind of tough, but it has to do a lot with, you know, yeah, my, my, my stuff, but yeah. So, but it's, yeah, incredibly well done. And I, I just really think it's a great show. So yeah, highly recommended. Well, from the bear, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. introduced tonight's movie, which actually we're, we're, I uh, just mentioned cause we, didn't mention it uh, when it was a little closer a couple weeks ago, but uh, tonight we're going to be reviewing probably the one of the most influential films of the recently late Paul Rubens, uh, who just passed away on July 30th of this year, uh, who had actually been battling, it sounds like, cancer for a number of years, kind of secretly or privately, I should say. Um, and so it was a bit of a shock when, when he passed away. Paul Rubens, of course, yeah. best known for his character, Pee Wee Herman. 
from the eighties. Almost inseparable from yeah, this, the really, character. absolutely, yeah. Uh, so tonight, in honor of uh, Paul Rubens, we're going to be discussing the nineteen eighty five American adventure comedy film Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Warner Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy. Morning. I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. I say we kill it. Yeah! I say we let him go. Big adventure. Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent ya. <laughs> oh, I oh, this is a this was like one of the biggest films of my childhood. I'll just right out the gate. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to throw a disclaimer out that I am absolutely incapable of giving an impartial review of this yeah. movie. So that's where, that's where I am. Uh, I mean, that's where I come in because I yeah. never grew up with this. This is my oh, first time ever uh, seeing it. This is, I, I often will say, well, this is one of my, and I've said, I know I've said it a number of times on the podcast, uh, um, like this is, if I were to put this in my like top something films, but this one literally has a fixed place in my top like 10 movies of all time and yeah. will never leave it probably. Um, Interesting. So yeah, I, I, I admit this bias, like uh, it, it's probably, I'm probably incapable of, you know, giving it a fair critique of this film, but I'll do my best. <laughs> So, do you remember, Eric, your, the first time you ever saw this movie? I, I don't. I saw it so many times growing up that, like, I, I don't remember the first time I saw it. I know as young, I think you, Joe will probably remember having grown up around me and, and in the same neighborhood as, as me. Um, when I was 10 years old, we added, like, added an addition onto our house and, like, the living room moved from where it used to be mm-hmm. to a new place. And I can remember watching it in, like, our old living room. So prior to that, definitely. Um, I can also remember being so terrified by a couple of scenes in this movie that I would have to leave for sections of it. Yeah. So I was young <laughs> enough to where that was, uh... Um, so yeah, I'm going to say I was probably my kid's age, like six ish mm-hmm. when I saw this the first time, but I don't know for sure. Cause I saw it so many subsequent times that it all blends together. When did this movie come out? 1985. Wow. 85. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and Ryan, this was the first time you'd ever seen this, right? Yeah. I, I was born in 89. Um, but I just never... I never grew up with any influence of Pee Wee Herman whatsoever. The only okay. thing I knew about Pee Wee Herman is like the for, through the cultural zeitgeist, yeah, uh, and all the good and bad that came from that. Um, is 
pretty much what I know about Pee Wee Herman. So this was technically my first time watching anything Pee Wee Herman, to be honest. I'll just, I'll I'll do the joke so we don't have to for the rest of the night. So this was your first exposure to Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I remember Pecatonica, Illinois, where, where Eric and I grew up. There's a, a con- there's like one convenience store downtown, and that yep. has been a convenience store as long as I can remember. But at some point in the late '80s, early '90s, they rented videotapes. It was one of the first places that you could rent VHS tapes, and I was prior to their the formal video prior, store. Yeah, prior to that. Yeah. So I was there with my aunt because she was like babysitting me during the summers. And she rented a few movies, and I remember seeing the box for this, which the, the cover art is like Pee Wee jumping off of his bike. It's a poster thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember her renting it, and I was sitting in her house watching it, and I kept waiting for that scene. I was waiting, like, is there a scene where that happens? And there is, but it didn't look like that. And so I was, I was confused, because yeah. I was probably five or six. Um, but it was something then we had... a. a a taped copy of probably on beta and this was in the regular rotation with star Wars, the star wars trilogy the indiana jones films peewee's big adventure little shop of horrors like there's a couple of these like a box of movies that are my childhood and this was a huge one um my i had an uncle at the time who was living in la and he would get to you know he'd go to parties and stuff and meet celebrities and so occasionally we'd get kind of cool my sister got an autograph or a picture of my uncle and Kirk Cameron at some Hollywood party from the eighties. She had a crush on him at the time, and that was cool. And he sent me an autograph oh, picture of from yeah. of Pee Wee Herman, and that thing was like on the wall my whole childhood growing up. So I was a huge fan of Pee Wee because of this movie. Um, so yeah. I, I well, and the, yeah, the, right away we we also were the perfect right age and ryan was probably you were probably a little young for this i wasn't born uh, yet. <laughs> yeah right well well not this movie yeah this oh. movie was a little too old for me as well but like by the time the tv show got rolling like peewee's playhouse i was like the almost the perfect age for that like four yeah. or five years old i remember it being on on saturday mornings and yeah and i guess ryan for you like you would have been an infant when that show went off the air and you know yep. they did reruns right. for a year, couple years and then it kind of went away yeah. So yeah, My, I guess it makes sense. You, it, just the cultural zeitgeist, like you said. Yeah, I, I actually, it's the thing. I don't even know many people in my age growing up that ever talked about Pee Wee Herman. Um, my parents probably brought my mom probably brought him up once in a while because mm-hmm. she was an '80s teen. Right. But um, yeah, I, that was it. Well, like, so af- I, I'm not af- alone there. Weirdly enough. After that 1990-91 scandal, which was yep. stupid, uh, that that came up, you it, didn't. It, it you, seems unfortunately, unfortunately, because I don't yeah. want to let anybody off the hook for things that you know are are definitely inappropriate. But like, it seems pretty tame after we learned about Hollywood. What we've learned about Hollywood in the past decade, right? <laughs> right. A, yeah. He yeah, a, he got arrested for doing what people do in a porn theater. <laughs> Making some yeah. Pearl Jam, as they say. I guess, he got, yeah. He, no, he got arrested for being a famous person it, in a porn theater. Yeah, they, they arrested so. like five people that night, but he was the one that got, you know, of course. And yeah. also, the yeah. show had actually already ended. He had already finished the last season of, of Pee-wee's Playhouse. He kind of wanted to do something else anyway. It just oh, hadn't aired. definitely aired. did. And it had aired, 
But at that point, like you got to think when they filmed it, by the time it airs and the show finishes, that's months. So he had his hair long and he had a beard and he was visiting some family in Florida and this happened. So the mug shot was terrible. It's just like grizzled bearded Pee Wee Herman um, or Paul Rubens, but you know everybody was seeing it as Pee Wee Herman. He did a few appearances in character after that and then really nothing throughout the 90s. So yeah. it cameos, it, lots of cameos in movies. But, he would show up in other, but not mostly. After, mostly the people he worked with. Yeah. yeah. After the scandal, though, you didn't. He didn't do it. He didn't even do cameos anymore. Yeah. It was just he kind of put the character away until early two thousands. Um. And you know, well, he, he, but it definitely made his career. I mean, he did some other great stuff too. But you know, he, he had a, a great yeah. role in yeah. the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. That was excellent. Um, right, but for this one, Buffy. Uh, he this was in Buffy too, and he was in Buffy, yeah, yep, yep. He was a vampire. Uh, but for this film, uh, this is really the one that made him mainstream. Um, give you a quick plot synopsis. I, I, this is not really appropriate. Not appropriate. This doesn't really do it justice. But the plot synopsis on IMDb is: When eccentric man-child Pee Wee Herman gets his beloved bike stolen in broad daylight, he sets out across the U.S. on an adventure of his life. Yeah, but that's not that's really what the movie is. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is like a big time movie of of firsts, mm-hmm. especially firsts for me because a lot of my favorite, like not just the Pee Wee Herman thing and the fact that I grew up with this movie, and maybe the fact that I grew up with this movie would inform many of these other things becoming my favorites. <laughs> this is uh, Tim Burton's first feature film. Yeah. yeah. So Tim Burton's hired off of doing Frank the short Frank and Weenie at, at Disney Pictures uh, is hired to do this, and um, it's also one of Danny Elfman's first scores and the first time that they worked together, and then of course Danny Elfman will go on to score almost every one of Tim Burton's films up, up yeah. to present day. Um so it's only Danny Elfman's second feature film score. The first film was uh, that he did was Forbidden Zone, which he actually co-wrote or something too. So he was involved in the production of that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Just like two, two, Tim Burton, um, Tim Burton's early career. I I will always have to like separate that. It's definitely something that is an influence of me uh, as whatever my taste and um and danny elfman's music is always something that is just like there's always something that can next to next to john yeah i was gonna say next to john williams he's like the most important like film composer in my in my mind so you can always hear danny elfman's stuff so oh yeah 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 Yeah, the uh i guess the this was also like as i mentioned the the first kind of mainstream public uh, introduction to this character that Paul Rubens and I, who had co-created, by the way, with Phil Hartman, early on. Yep. Uh, in the oh yeah, and Phil oh, Hartman he's co-wrote in the script yeah. to this yep. movie as well. So um, there's, there's, uh, there was originally in the late seventies at like a an improv group that Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman and a number of other people were part of. He kind of created this character, and the the character really started out as a stand-up comic who is destined to fail. You know, this hmm. that was the guy who would come out on stage. That was the character essentially, is this bizarre man child who is just obnoxious, uh, but in a in a this childish way. And then they ended up doing a kind of a risque version of Pee Wee's Playhouse, the Pee Wee Herman show on HBO, 
which there were some stage productions. So it was kind of a adult thing. You know, there were a lot of innuendo and stuff. And then when they decided to make a movie, they really decided to tone it down for kids. And that mm-hmm. struck gold, I think. Yep. I mean, obviously, with the success of the, the, you know, there were toys and, you know, the, the TV show and everything. But um, so this is really where we get an introduction to, to Pee Wee Herman as how that character would progress throughout the rest of the 80s and, and into the. I mean, this is know. essentially the birth of Pee Wee Herman yeah. as as you know him as a you know cultural character like yeah. this is the first appearance of that that character yeah. really i did not and, and, actually and, know e, that yeah so. and even even so uh he's still a little rough around the edges here but when he progresses into like kids show host on peewee's playhouse and stuff he's you know he doesn't have like kind of the darker bits that, that yeah. pop out you know here yeah but, yeah, like, and, and even and that's even toned down even further in in, in the following film, the subsequent film, uh, Big Top Pee Wee. So yeah, uh, and then comes back in the in the two thousands movie, but you know, we'll get to that <laughs> if we do. But yeah, so uh, I mean the movie opens up with a bicycle race. It's the Tour de France, right? But like this really scaled down version of the Tour de France, and everybody's racing, and in comes Pee Wee Herman on his on his bike and. You're just blowing past everybody, <laughs> and it ends Language. up all being a dream. But that's when you really see like what Pee Wee's life is like. He's his, you open up to his bedroom, which is 1950s kitsch everywhere, like toys. Yep. And this was I. Th- this is the house yeah. that I wanted when I was oh, a child. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is what <laughs> he gets out of bed in the morning, and there's toys everywhere, and he plays with his toys on his way to his fire pole. That he uses to go down to his kitchen, <laughs> and he goes through it, and he's immediately dressed. Like how Batman. the hell? How did he it's do that? It's the Batman pole, yeah. yeah, from the original Batman show. The slide down the pole, and you're in your but costume. At yeah. 41 years old, when I rewatched this today, I still am just smiling watching his breakfast routine. So that whole Rogue, oh man, I loved it. The Rogue Goldberg yep. machine. Yeah. Uh, yep. Can I just be honest? Uh, Pee Wee scared the shit out of me. Are you serious? <laughs> like, like, um, when we're watching this, I'm like, oh no, this dude kills children. <laughs> like, this is, that's where I'm like, what? I know everything about it. But for me, again, this is my first time watching this. And I'm a 33 year old adult, almost going on 34. And I'm just like, I think for me, it's just like, I, it just sends like all these red flags like something is wrong with this man child man like this is an unstable element in uh in society and he must be like incarcerated for the safety of everyone else um it doesn't help that he like he looks like a living like um marion not marionette but um like a like puppet a- that, yeah, ventriloquist doll. exactly yeah. like that. And I know they made yeah. dolls like that of Pee Wee, and it's like there's a reason. Uh, it's the red lips, it's the pale skin, it's the hair. It's just like, and when watching him play with like those toys, I'm like, this man is 32. <laughs> like, um, I don't know what it is, but I'm not I, vibing with it. Um, I but, think he's like the quintessential man child but i also think he's got an innocence about him that he does he does never comes off as threatening Um, but there's i certainly see where some where where you could yeah 
you know, something like this could be threatening, but... That's uh, the thing, like, I've seen things where they've used this type of character, clearly mm-hmm. probably based off of Pee-wee, to create a persona of something unsettling. I shouldn't say he's good. Mm-hmm. He just he unsettled me is the correct thing to say. I think, and that's the tones, reason. What like, tones it down? I think for me too, because you're right. In in a different context, Pee Wee could be freaky, but when you are introduced to some of the other characters around town, like yes. Francis, for example, he's also a man child. Yeah, he's a man child. Francis too. scared me the fucking most. Oh, like yeah. something about that actor and the white face paint makeup that they put on him i'm like he's played a demon or or a witch or something somewhere else i swear i don't know but something is wrong here and like once once her uh not uh what was his name again sherman uh, Fra- wait, francis. francis francis is the name of the francis. character yeah Mar- mark holton mark is the holton, actor yeah. yeah once he came around like i was fine with peewee after that like mm-hmm. i was like nope nope this is the guy this is the guy um it's works. it's it is i think i can't understate how much kitsch is part of this film so much yeah yeah it's uh everywhere. classic classic tv and film kitsch like it just comes straight out of like you know 50 sitcoms and but then but then antique yeah, malls. putting putting peewee's character yeah, yeah yeah it just um yeah it's super interesting and and most of the characters the thing that's funny and clever about this film as it was written and 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 made is that most of the characters in the film aren't part of this like it's very specific to like peewee and his his neighbor and francis and like some so then there's like the norm the normies like the normal world outside of all of that too yeah. and, and um You're like the bmx kids and yeah <laughs> chuck yeah. and dotty and stuff but he's got like this eclectic yeah group of friends and people that uh you know he associates with but um yeah. So it, the the characters within the film realize that Pee-wee's peculiar. It's not it's not like this whole film is is in this universe, but right. Well, I mean, they, he they yeah. they enjoy him. Like people love Pee-wee in this community, it seems. Well, and as he goes him. around the country too, he everybody he meets, you know, he has he meets he makes friends the whole way, you know. He it's finds very, a way to charm, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's by being silly and childish and you know but not innocent yeah there's innocent like not to jump too far ahead but there's a part you know when he gets to you know when he gets out west and he's watching the sunrise with simone the the waitress from the the diner (laughs) and she's trying to like get real deep with him and she's like do you ever do you ever dream and he's like, yeah, I got this one where there's like a snake in a vest. She's like, no. I mean, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Those little, the little gags. The, the scene it's, when he and Francis are arguing it, in the beginning is still one of my favorite. Are, what am I? The whole, I know you are, but yeah. what am I? Pee Wee, listen to reason. And shh, I'm listening to reason. <laughs> All of these very childish insults back and forth, but it's two grown men dressed as children doing it. Yeah, yeah, that does make my, it one of my favorites is, is the <laughs> is the line that uh, uh, when when the bike his bike first goes missing and he runs up to Francis's house and like, <laughs> and the the butler who I believe is played by uh, oh, what's his name um, anyway I'll, I'll, I'll is this come the guy from that, like but, 
007. He looks like that. that I think so. That's what I, I was looking like for his name because I think it's yeah. the yeah. guy from like Odd Job. Uh, Odd Job. Job. Yep. Um, and I don't know if it's really the same guy, but it certainly he, was a play on that. But he gives he gives uh, the energy. Yeah, he says he says that Francis is having his bath, and Pee-wee goes, "Oh, really? Where are they hosing him down?" <laughs> <laughs> Just like our. Real... <laughs> I don't know, and and it's yeah. There's there's some jokes in there that might be a little cruel that I still laugh at, but um, it also goes a little like kind of charming Looney Tooney too. Sorry, Looney Tooney too is a fun thing to say. Anyways, back to it. Uh, like where he keeps knocking on the door for that scene that you're talking about, and at one point, uh, he just puts like an automatic knocker on it. Yeah, like you don't know that <laughs> until the the odd job lookalike dude opens it up and you just see it and then you see her like peewee already like in the background sneaking yeah. like how did he get in like i i did enjoy there, that there is a lot of classic comedy bits and classic all the way back to like silent film like buster keaton um charlie yeah. chaplin kind yeah. of moments like that um that are really i don't know just really clever in this it obviously i mean it, it it pays homage and this is uh probably coming from tim burton and phil hartman and, and and paul rubens all kind of growing up in that era but it plays homage to like classic movies so much uh, the dr- drive-in culture they definitely play on that yeah um action adventure movies uh you know monster movies all kinds of th- there's just some straight up you know tim burton-esque dream sequences that are definitely you know something that's going to you're certainly going to see a lot more of as his, his career progresses, but large margin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of claymation. Yeah. The, the scene when he's in the, in the truck with large Marge and she's just going off on her horrifying story of the worst accident <laughs> she's ever seen. And she turns into the monster face thing. thing. thing yeah. My sister and I used to pause, try to pause the movie at that moment. And we would just cackle. At how goofy it looked, because it creeped us out. But if you could pause it and really look that, at it, it was funny as hell. That moment was one of my. I had to leave the room because I was too scared I when I was yep. a really little kid. Yep, I, I wouldn't I, blame I, you. I would like. I could get all the way up to that point, but I yeah, I'd have to run away from the TV for a minute when the face. And now I look at it, and it's it's actually hilarious. Um, and yeah. do you know I just the Wikipedia bit when I'm reading these things after we watch these movies? Do you know that the uh, claymation for that was done by the Chioto brothers? Oh, who, I uh, think I did made... know that. I think, yeah. but I forgot that. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah. what are they? But yeah, it's it's, for? A, it's a. Uh, they did um, killer clowns. other, other yeah other claymation that. stuff, but their their movie they directed and totally created was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But yeah, yeah that humor definitely makes sense. Yep, <laughs> with with just that one scene. Yep, and I yeah. didn't realize until watching today that the biker bar scene when Pee Wee goes Don't into the biker bar, and which was always my favorite scene. Like I'm, ta- this is how young tequila. I was when yeah. when I was obsessed with this movie. I still had a rocking horse. I would drag <laughs> it into the room for the tequila dance scene, and for some reason I would just want to rock on my rocking horse during that as like a little kid. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll own, own that one. But I never <laughs> noticed until today that when all the bikers are talking about what they're going to do to beat him up, and like yeah. the biker mom that steps forward and said, let me handle him first, yeah, that's Elvira. Cassandra Peterson. That's fucking Elvira. It's I never recognized realized. her right away this time. Same, yeah, I, but I don't think her. I remembered yeah. it. But like, <laughs> yeah. I, was surpri- yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's Elvira. 
<laughs> like, yeah. like right away, and like something about her seems recognizable. Yeah. Oh, they were good. It's friends. the red hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course. But and then <laughs> yeah, that dance scene to tequila is just classic. I it, kept singing that yeah. the whole day today. It's still stuck in my head. It's a great scene. I mean, because that I think is that kind of embodies what Pee Wee does. Like he's weird, but then he'll just make people laugh doing stupid shit, like break dancing, and he's just smashing shit. <laughs> yeah. When I was a little kid, when I liked something, especially music in movies, but even sometimes scenes that I liked really um, in movies, because um, it wasn't you know easy to just go look stuff up on YouTube, I had a a tape recorder and i would oh, take yeah. blank tapes and like literally just like as i'm watching this i would record like the music or the scene of the movie onto the tapes and then i could just listen to the tapes later and the te- the song tequila i really enjoyed but i i literally like recorded it from this scene in the movie so it had a bit of the dialogue <laughs> here and there and the smashing glass and all this stuff in it so and when you listen uh, to something yeah, like... <laughs> like that so many times like when you hear it elsewhere like the imperfections or those little bits are now kind of missing kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. I like, yep. I like yeah, my original this... version better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this version of tequila is on the same tape as like the, the gremlins theme song that had the cackling gremlins in it because it was the music <laughs> playing in that scene in that movie. And yeah, it's uh yeah, just takes me right back to those. The resourcefulness <laughs> and desperation yeah. of the eighties and nineties. Well, just yeah. pre it, uh, you know, tech heavy culture. It's the fact that he has a love affair well, we... with his bike is like, yeah, that's a cool childlike. bike though. It, yeah. And it does pay I off mean... in the end how that bike fucking functions. So I get it. Yeah, it does. It's, it's a really good, um, screenplay as in it, it, it plants its seeds nicely and almost every, and almost nothing is irrelevant in there. Um, Paul yeah. Rubens, uh, said that, um, when working on the the script, that they literally took the Sid Field, the yeah, I, maybe I'm assuming people know what that means because I went to film school. But <laughs> Sid Field is a guy who wrote a book on screenplay, and it was kind of like the the, the bible of mm. how to write, you know, a screenplay. But they literally took the Sid Field book and like, you know, exercised every rule to its nth degree. And I think that's true here. Like they set everything up perfectly, and it all had to pay off. I will um, say, like with like, with that, the yeah. end is one of my most and the most like the most enjoyable part for me. Like how it it's a long end, but I kind of enjoyed it, like comedically, and just all the references throughout the rest of the movie, and like or all the references that come up at the end of the rest of the movie. I won't spoil it quite yet. I'm sure we'll get there, but just when you say in yeah. that, like yeah, like I see that. Um, yeah, and, and, and the, the movie kind of works as a series of vignettes because he's traveling. He's yeah. trying to find his bike. He's going across the country. So he gets into these different situations. And um, so it gives them uh, the ability to kind of put Pee Wee in many different scenarios that Pee Wee is not, you know, comfortable or, or basically put, it's basically fish out of water, but extremely because Pee Wee's such a. In, a unique character like yeah well uh, and it, it really you know it starts he, he's looking for his bike and he's freaking out about it and the people in town he calls everybody in for a big meeting and he's just par- he's freaking out and they they can't stop what they're doing in their lives to help find this bike so he yeah. goes to a psychic and she's a phony 
steals his wallet and tells him it's in the basement of the Alamo. So his big mission is I'm going to get to the Alamo and go to the basement of it, which there he gets all the way there and finds out there is no basement to the Alamo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when he starts his hitchhiking journey, the first uh, person he meets is the the escaped uh, convict. Escaped con, yeah. Who uh, they have a very fun surprisingly fun relationship it does not go in a stereotypical freak out thing yep. and i like that the reason that he was arrested and incarcerated <laughs> is because he got really angry one day and he cut the tag off of his mattress yeah yeah <laughs> you know the, yeah, the you know the tags that those, you know. Yeah. those tags it's those like, laws are so cut them off by penalty of law yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> um and then like getting out of the fucking uh what was it? The police blockade the, thing. Uh, he yeah, the blockade. But... Pretends to be the man's wife, and then the fucking cop has him come out, and he goes like, "Anything wrong?" It's like, "No, I just wanted to see you in that pretty dress." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so I weird. Like, I like that scene because Pee Wee. I mean, Pee Wee plays along with it. It's kind of odd, but at the same time, he keeps giving. I forget what the who's the the name of the Mickey. God, is it Mickey? Yeah, he yeah. keeps giving Mickey the eyes. Like, dude, this guy is a creep. Like so, they're they're definitely in on the fact that the cop, you know, is out of line. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's 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 good. Yeah. yeah. But then when they continue down the road after the blockade, Pee Wee's still dressed up and like the wife get up and just happy <laughs> and bobbing his head. It's so and I think the it, convict even takes a peek. Like he gives yeah. like a, oh, yeah. a yeah. slight. There's definitely a moment there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, there, there's definitely yeah. some some uh, like most comedies of the 80s there's definitely some adult jokes here still yeah that, you know the kind of would fly under your radar if you're a kid but yeah <laughs> it's it's there yeah and uh and, i think you know. he gets left in the woods after he almost crashes the car and oh out in the desert and thankfully he's got his night vision goggles because yeah he <laughs> he loses his bike when he goes into town to pick you know or in the beginning to pick up some some things and run some errands so, and he goes to the magic shop and the bike shop to get his new everything horn. that he yeah. buys in the magic shop comes up that's what i was talking about like yeah. the placement of like all this stuff it just like yeah he even down to the giant thumb he's yep. using to hitchhike and yeah uh yep, i like how the eyes are animated he's in the pitch pitch yep. black yeah. dark it's like i can't see anything and you just see these animated eyes and he hears all these sounds and then yeah he puts on his night vision goggles which are just glasses with giant fucking bright lights flip yeah. it on and surrounded by fucking animals that are all fucking stuffed there, but there's a few live ones there's a couple of live yeah, ones most of, of them are ones, not yeah but it's just like surrounded by animals yeah <laughs> it screams and it goes black and then then marge yeah. shows up and then marge yeah, yep, Marge, Marge. You know, he enters a the rodeo accidentally. A dump truck falling off the Empire State Building. Yeah, yep. sorry. I have that whole thing memorized, by the oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's... Ta talents that might get you out of something someday yeah. that make you feel grateful. Night. Yep. Just like this night. Yep. Um, it's, oh, I, you mentioned the rodeo. It's, it's hard to even talk about this movie in a linear fashion because it's just all these different <laughs> things that... Yeah. You know, he meets the hobos on the train and throws oh! himself off of the train. <laughs> that that's what I thought was funny is that the hobo actually bother him. But did you guys recognize the hobo? Oh, 
yeah, he was he's been recent, in tons yeah, of stuff. He's, he's old man Withers from Oh yeah, uh, right. from our yeah, recent from review of Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yep. Which may yep. or may not that come out before actor. or after this, depending on <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, um but yeah, that's how gets... I recognize him right away. He's like, oh shit, it's old yeah. man Withers. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And so, if she, I, I recognize his face for many other things as well, but nothing's coming to mind because he's always like a bit character. But yep. Mm-hmm. And so like the last act of the movie is after he makes friends with the bikers and they try to help him get his bike back by giving him a motorcycle, which he immediately crashes. Um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Which is a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> Just right into the sign. Um, he wakes up in a hospital and sees on TV that his bike is being used in the production of some new film at Warner Brothers Studios. So he sneaks in, thanks to Milton Berle, of all people, yep. <laughs> and goes into this great chase scene through the studio with him on his bike doing the aforementioned you know all the little gadgets and stuff but nobody can catch him they're chasing him with golf carts and bikes he ends up crashing a twisted sister video um oh yeah and he goes through all these different like you know sets godzilla fight you know old classic studio yeah films like you got your beach blanket bingo thing you got a godzilla movie going on yeah, so Godzilla Christmas gets a movie. nice cameo in this. So. Yeah, you end up with Godzilla movie. in the sleigh with Santa Claus. Yep. <laughs> going through a Twisted Sister video. I, I love Godzilla's, like, freak-out eyes that they gave him. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. The wide... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and... Yeah, and then Twisted yeah. Sister makes an appearance in this. It would have been, you know, a current band at the time when this was made. Um, yeah. And then once he gets out of the, the studio you know this miraculous jump and he gets out so now he's safe he rides his bike past a pet shop that is engulfed in flames <laughs> and so he does the right thing and starts rescuing the animals but like a logical person he keeps passing the snakes going like eh, i don't know <laughs> yeah. I love just keeps making faces at him and like <laughs> well i also love that it's not like okay it's a pet shop right except here's this terrarium literally Full of garter snakes, <laughs> like <laughs> writhing, full of garter snakes. Otherwise, and there's a chimp just walking around. He lets yeah. the chimp go first the, with the excuse of like, "You could help me." You could, you could help <laughs> me, yeah. And finally, decides to save the snakes at the end, but he runs out screaming and passes out. And they, instead of pressing charges, decide to make his story into a film starring. James well, when he passes Brolin. out after the after the the pet shop is uh, when he has the clown dream that is a, a, a scene in this movie that I've heard multiple people tell me that they will not watch this film because that is in the, uh, uh, the, it's clown, a creepy one. the clown bike surgery scene. Is, is um, that one of the scenes that you avoided as well? Um, I don't remember that one actually bothering me that much. I've never really had a, like, a, a fear of clowns, and it's a very common phobia. It is fairly creepy now watching it as a as a you know adult like I could see how that would be uh yeah so maybe it was one of those I do remember there being multiple moments in this movie that scared me as a kid so maybe it was but yeah uh, especially that moment when the, the 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 like main doctor reaches up and pulls his mask down and he's just got the like joker smile oh, underneath yeah. the and starts cackling at him like yeah 
And isn't it's that also, also very it's also very Tim Burton. It's got a lot of like uh, you know like hallways stuff you'll see in Beetlejuice yeah. in a few years. You know like uh, Francis German is dressed up as the devil. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Burning yeah. the bike, and there's little demons dancing all over. and Yeah, Pee-wee has some pretty messed up dreams throughout this movie. But where's the but... snake with the vest? <gasps> Was it in the uh, the fucking pet store? They should have <laughs> put one in a vest. They should have put um, it in the vest. It, it wouldn't have been hard. But um, I like when he's in yeah. Texas. Like, that's where things I, also picked up. Tex- like, like oh, I'm in Texas, Texas I can prove it. And he does that little video. Yeah. <laughs> Stars night are big and bright, everybody. Night are big and bright. <laughs> but when he's in the rodeo uh, as a disguise and he's gets finally thrown off, and he goes, I don't remember who I am or what I'm doing. <laughs> What's the last thing you remember? I remember the Owlmo. And everyone just fucking like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh... Like, yeah, but... Those are two really great Texas, like, at the expense of Texas jokes that I yeah. think are hilarious. So, yeah, And that's yeah. the thing with, like, the humor. It is, like, I won't deny it's enjoyable. And I can see this being influences on so many other things that I grew up with. Whether, I mean, I don't know if that it, it would be direct, but I would have a hard time thinking it wouldn't be. The biggest one, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so much, mm. like, when watching this, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what's the, because con- I'm watching this in my 30s, uh, I, I need to figure out what is it that I grew up with that would be an equivalent that would help me through this. Uh, and after a while with some of these jokes that I did enjoy, and they're juvenile, but simplistic, but clever nature, I was like, SpongeBob SquarePants. There's, there's a bunch of cartoons, but this is mm-hmm. the one that popped into my head right away, especially with the voice and the bow tie. So it's oh, like that's a huge things. one, and I know Steven Hildebrand got a lot of inspiration from Pee Wee Herman in, in creating SpongeBob. Yeah, um, mm. but and I, I think the litmus test for that is I would watch episode, I would watch this movie and episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse ad nauseum to my parent, where my parents would be like, "Turn this asshole off." And yeah. I remember when like younger kids were watching SpongeBob, their parents having the exact same sentiment, and it's probably how yeah. I feel now when my son's watching like FGTV and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, that guy, but not as Let's clever not as Pee-wee. That to Pee-wee. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to compare him, but I, it's no, like, I know what you're it's, saying. It's though. the cycle. We just we had better things. I, my old ass is going to say we had better things than our kids <laughs> do in that aspect. Because even at the end of this, like when they they decide they're not going to press charges because they want to make his life story, they make up this big budget action movie out of the whole thing. Except it stars James Broland as P. W. Herman. And Morgan Fairchild is Dottie, and they're on like yeah. a red, um, this like the X one, the X one, which is like a yeah. fucking scooter, <laughs> like a red scooter. It's a motorcycle. But, it's a red motorcycle. This is a big, ugly yeah. one, I think. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it contains secrets that the Soviets are trying to steal. Yeah. So the Soviet ninjas, apparently. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Pee-wee has a, a a cameo role as the bellhop in the movie, but they they dub his voice Page and Mister Herman. <laughs> and so the movie ends with the the movie being premiered at the local drive-in, and Pee-wee's there with Dottie, who he's kind of acknowledged as his girlfriend now, kind of. Well, like all of his friends that he's made along the way, yeah, I, I find it, it's, it's a nice ending to the movie because yeah, they're it, yeah. all there, and he has like a last moment with everyone, and he gets to 
Yeah. Yeah. Tries <laughs> tries uh, box seats. Tries giving Mickey. <laughs> Mickey's there in like the bus locked up and the cops are there and he's watching the movie and he tries giving Mickey a, a, a file a foot long hot dog. <laughs> in a foot long, yep. Yeah. And the cop what? yep, stops it. That that's one of the ones that I really enjoyed from the end end too. Like I enjoyed all the interactions, but it was that one and he's like sorry it's like well at least you tried <laughs> like i'm yeah. like so fucking wholesome and i'm like ah and that's it yeah it ends with him you know it's a, it's a very sweet last line don't you want to finish the movie i already lived it you know it's yeah i don't need to watch it i already lived it yeah it's it was very sweet it francis and, yeah. gets his comeuppance yeah francis gets ejected mm-hmm. off the bike <laughs> That's where Phil Hartman actually makes a cameo. He's one of yeah. the report, uh, report, uh, reporters, um, mm-hmm. Francis. And yeah. one last thing about Francis, the the bathtub fight scene is awesome because Francis's bathtub is like an indoor swimming pool and you see him in there and he's playing with like battleship toys like he's Godzilla. <laughs> it's something every kid wanted to do. <laughs> oh God, know? I still would want to do. <laughs> Let's be honest. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it it's just a very sweet movie. But, and it was it didn't do great in theaters. It got mixed reviews, but it's definitely become a cult classic. And it it made this character that, at least for for a generation, it you know it was there. I, I like that comparison, right? It, it, that was our SpongeBob yeah. that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know. And, and yeah, when like... Pee Wee's Playhouse came out, then it they toned it down even more. You know, uh, it, it's that was definitely a good kid show. It wasn't preachy. It was fun. It was still goofy. You know, there's a reason it was, it was so successful. It was, it was very much still like lodged in that universe of being kind of an homage to a, a, a time past, like old variety shows. Your Captain Kangaroo, or you know, um, whatever you would call. It. I can't yeah. think of any other children's kids. Like, Bozo show the clowns from like yeah, yeah, uh, from the 50s and 60s, but. It was definitely a unique thing in the 80s when it was on because we didn't have anything like that, really. I mean, a couple of odd things on Nickelodeon, maybe, but when yeah. cable came around. But. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think I think a lot of the Nickelodeon stuff was trying to catch what Pee-wee's Playhouse was doing. You yeah. Know? Eventually, and, and, yeah, yeah. They, they did produce a lot of stuff that similar to that. So. Yeah. And I think it's neat looking back at a film like this, and then all and and looking at shows like Pee Wee's Playhouse because there was a lot of puppetry, a lot of stop motion animation, you know, um, it th- there was just a lot of that kind of in in the character of Pee Wee is the, again that kitsch, but that stop motion stuff and the puppets were these were some of the few puppets I didn't mind, you know, growing up <laughs> around. So, but. Uh, so do we have any final thoughts on a grade for Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Let's start with I, I, uh, you, Eric. Or uh, Ryan, do you have something? I, I just say I say it was a final thought thing that I noticed. Yeah. It's not part of my review. But Mark Holton, who plays um, Francis, uh, he was in Teen Wolf, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's Chubbs. But he also plays uh, John Wayne Gacy in a yeah. biopic. Yeah, so he did, when, that, he did that Gacy movie. Yeah. Yep. And no, so yeah. when I saw, when I'm like, God, he freaks me the fuck out. And then I just saw this little bit just now. I'm just like, oh, nope, nope. It checks. It vibes. The circle is now complete. <laughs> he can rest happy. <laughs> so, um, anyways, that was it. Yeah. That's my final fucking tidbit that yeah, I can offer. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. So what do you think, Eric? 
Um, like I said, I I I totally bias. I I absolutely adore this movie. It's it's a top favorite of mine, and probably always will be. I do think that there is some charm to this movie that goes beyond that nostalgia, though, because I think it is actually a pretty funny and clever movie with a lot of fun little, like, homages to um, classic TV and, and film culture. And um, the Pee Wee Herman character, I know a lot, of, is probably not a for everybody thing, especially if you didn't grow up with him. But I do think he's got a... a charmingly wholesome especially by the end of this movie once you get it it's it's probably pretty odd for the first 15 minutes if you've never seen peewee before but um but by the by the time you finish watching this movie it's i think it would be hard to say that he's anything but you know i don't know he's peewee like that's uh um but yeah so even if i tried to separate this from my 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 nostalgia or my my history with it which is probably impossible uh, I still would give it a pretty good grade, but honestly, it's going to come in at, at favorite movie status. It's it's like an A plus hmm. for me. Uh, I get so much joy from watching this movie, um, even now. And I I started showing it to my kids. They weren't able to finish it with me because they started school today. So, uh, but I will finish. I will have them watch the rest of it. And they really have been enjoying. I've been showing them Pee Wee's Playhouse since Paul Rubin passed away. And they really like that show even more so than they were enjoying the movie. So wow, cool. It's uh, yeah, definitely something that is connecting with the same age group that I was when I connected with it. So yeah, my kids both enjoyed Pee Wee's Playhouse when I put on reruns. Uh, and the movie, they're both like yeah, they've seen it. I I've showed it to them many times, and they're both <laughs> at this point. Oliver was kind of like, yeah, some of these. Okay, you know, look, there were some scenes that he thought were cool, but otherwise it was like he was bored with it. And I'm still cackling at it like a maniac. So, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what do you think? Well, well, here's the thing. Like, I started off with this. Like, I don't have the love for Pee Wee. Like, by that I mean I, I just didn't grow up with him. I don't have that nostalgia. Um, but I'm definitely not against anything that he's done. Like, it is a certain type of persona that can great at you to a certain degree if you're not already like uh inoculated <laughs> by uh <laughs> peewee herman i think um uh i but the world itself once he gets once he actually gets the adventure going uh i started i i mean i didn't realize it until we started talking about it. i actually did start to enjoy it there is an an innocent charm and just uh, kind of fun and maturity and humor that actually does take some thought uh, uh, but does allow for other generations to like get into it like you don't actually really need to be from that mm-hmm. specific time period to get everything that happens which is kind of nice um, I guess I'm I guess I'm kind of warming up to it I think it would have been something more enjoyable if I did have the right people with me to watch it like having people like you guys to watch it with at the time to see if maybe that nostalgia would rub off on me um Mm -hmm. or that enjoyment but yeah i'm actually i'm not against it um i do find it funny like it's a tragedy that paul rubens passed but you know he passed in his 70s uh he definitely had a big impact 
his career and his persona and you know i think despite whatever controversy controversies that he that was risen about him um i mean i think he's a good example of like the human condition is diverse <laughs> um mm -hmm. and complicated and that can be a good thing uh but can also be a difficult thing for some uh, I, I think, you know, I've left with a positive impression. I will say B plus for this, for this movie, for me. Um, but that's just, you know, I got a lot of defects working against me personally, I suppose, uh, without having grown up in the right time frame. But, um, I definitely see why you guys, uh, appreciate it and enjoy it. And I think like hearing you guys talk about it, like definitely increased that. It was fun to talk about and made me realize, yes. I did enjoy a lot of parts of this movie. Nice. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be with, with Eric on this, where this is a, an A-plus for me. Not surprising. And there's no <laughs> way I can separate the nostalgia from it because it was such a cornerstone movie at, when I was a small child. Um, and it's something, though, that it's one of the rare movies I feel like I can go back and still laugh at the same parts and still love this character and I don't know why. I don't know why kids like SpongeBob. I don't know why people like FGTV. Um, I, I can't explain why I like Pee Wee Herman. Is it the innocence? Yeah, maybe that's part of it. It was just, it was silly, kind of strange, but safe strange. Because I think that kitsch stuff in the 80s, at least, was still familiar enough. Like, it was the stuff your grandparents would have around their house. Mm -hmm. And... So it's familiar, but it's still in a playful way. And I remember yeah, being I, that kid who loved to buy those prank kits. Yeah, the, the gun like that shit. kind of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it it was familiar enough, but it was familiar old. But here you have yeah. this adult being silly and goofy with it, and then the, as the character grew into the pop culture at the time, it it was a really fun character to kind of latch onto. So yeah, I'm totally biased. On this. I love this movie. Um, and the fact that I've shown it to both of my kids at staggered ages and they appreciated it, wasn't their favorite, that's fine, but they were both like, this is funny, you know? That, to me, shows a bit of a, of a timelessness with it. And, uh, yeah, when, when Paul Rubens passed away a few weeks ago, it totally bummed me out. It was unexpected, but that was definitely a, an actor and Pee Wee Herman as a character that I guess I just thought would be around forever. And, you know, nothing is, but it... It was one of those little reminders, like, oh yeah, this is this is going away. So that sucked, but it's great that we've got this movie, Big Top Pee Wee. Maybe we'll review that some other time. That was fun, but it's a very different kind of movie. And then Pee Wee's yeah. Big Holiday from 2016, 16, I think, um, was, again... That sounds right. More similar to this, but a little bit different as well, so... It had a lot of these vibes. It was more in yeah. the vein of this than Big yeah. Top Pee Wee is. But, but uh, we would also love to know what any of our listeners think of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Or do you is this a character you grew up with too? Do you have the same kind of sentimental sentimentality we do, or are you kind of like Ryan, where this is an introduction to you? But you know, we'd love to know what uh, what you think of this movie or anything else uh, from this wonderful recently late actor. Please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram on our main Video Junkyard Podcast pages. Uh, if you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. 
And we hope you come back and join us again for more reviews on the Video Junkyard podcast. And uh, send us your uh, requests, your favorite guilty pleasures or forgotten films, um, because we need to add some stuff to our schedule. Next week, we're going to be looking at the Schwarzenegger DeVito uh, comedy twins um we and after that uh ryan's gonna shoot us a pick one of these days and, and uh, i would never let start. you know it would be a surprise <laughs> it'll be everybody. a surprise yeah he's gonna surprise us uh also gonna be looking at star chaser the legend of Orin. um and then uh, yeah I'm, I'm out of schedule so um keep listening and we'll, we'll let you know what's coming up after that lots of good stuff i'm sure also we have two 250 plus episodes um that we put out so maybe we've already covered your favorite film uh feel free to peruse those as well and either way we just hope you'll uh, join us again in the junkyard and we want to thank you once again for listening to the video junkyard podcast hope to hear from you soon and until then i'm joe peterson i'm eric branson i'm ryan sysco saying tell them big marge sent you i know you are but what am i You're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. No, I'm not. You are. No way. Knock it off. Cut it out. Oh, shut up, Pee-wee. Why don't you make me? Why don't you make me? Because I don't make monkeys. I just train them. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>